0: Next time someone tells me, well, you're not perfect. I'm going to say, well, have you ever heard of a little guy named Paul?
1: A little guy named Paul. Because
0: <laughs> Paul said he was not perfect yet. And this is Paul. It's Jesus,
1: like right? Because the, the inverse, if he's making a connection to Jesus taking a hold of him, then wouldn't the goal be the inverse of that? Why would he point that out if the goal wasn't our goal is to take a hold of Jesus? And you are responsible to live according to the revelation that god has given you
0: when you know the truth then the standard is raised now there's yeah. no excuse now i have to live up to this truth like now that i know this truth i have to live up to this truth You yeah. can't just stop there because it immediately says but <laughs>
1: Welcome back to the Wordcast podcast. My name is Matt. This is my wonderful wife, April, and we are here to talk about the Bible. Uh, this podcast. If you're new here, we are digging into the books of the Bible, one book at a time, one chapter and verse at a time, and just breaking it down and uh, learning from it. So we are in Philippians. This is episode. What episode are we on? It's episode six. I don't
0: know what episode we are, but I, I know think what it's episode six. We're on.
1: We are on chapter three. I think this is episode six, um, but we are going to jump into Philippians chapter three. And uh, I'm excited. We have been getting so much. If you're if you're listening to this for the first time, I highly encourage you to go back and watch some of the other ones or listen to some of the other ones, because uh, breaking down the context of Philippians has been wonderful. So we are in chapter three. So you want to just jump
0: right in? Let's jump right in.
1: Let's do it. So we're picking up back in chapter 3, verse 12, and it says, Not that I have already reached the goal, or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it, because I have also been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue as my goal the prize Uh, promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up up to whatever truth we have attained. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. That's such a good um passage of scripture i think there's a couple of things that jump out to me immediately um but i want to hear your take first what what do you what are your thoughts immediately when you read that
0: i have so many thoughts just in verse 12 um, not that i've already reached the goal or am already perfect several things i feel like people think that they are going to be perfect and not make any mistakes Like as christians like people that aren't Christians are like you're you did this and you did that and (laughs) you know you say you're a Christian and you're where does it say that we're not going to make a mistake where does it say that Christians are perfect people like I must have missed that one
1: (laughs) yeah and that's the beautiful thing other
0: Christians will say you well you're supposed to be a Christian
1: (laughs) that's the beautiful thing about Christianity is it's not a group of perfect people it's it's a group of people who are imperfect
0: we have a perfect savior we have a perfect
1: savior and i think that's that's something that's so often missed um especially from out i mean in the church and outside of the church i think outside of the church outside of christians you know it's an attack on christians oh you're you're supposed to you're holier than now you you act like you got it all together but then you're you're not really perfect you make this mistake and the truth is it's not about that but outsiders um i say outsiders i don't mean that in a bad way outsiders. i mean outsiders outsiders how dare you no i mean outsiders like um people outside the faith people who are not christians use it as an attack on christians because christians are not perfect and they try to use that to to negate the belief system but then people in the church there's there's a religious mindset that people are blind to their own sin issues and then they attack others for their sin issues. And um, there's a difference between, and I want to I be clear, there is a place for calling out sin, right? That, that's not, we're not saying don't address sin. Um, I have people in my life who, who I've been very, uh, sometimes blunt with, with this is this is a sin issue, this is wrong, and, and addressing those things. But never from a I'm better than you perspective and never from I expect you to be perfect perspective. Like, it's okay that you're not perfect but you should be attaining because that's what he goes on to say that's one thing i do i strive for what's ahead like he doesn't stay there and i think that's an important point like
0: next time someone tells me well you're not perfect i'm gonna say well have you ever heard of a little guy named paul
1: a little guy named paul (laughs) because
0: paul said he was not perfect yet and this is paul I mean, and if Paul says he can
1: write, you know, most of the new Testament and he's, he's not, Paul
0: says he hasn't reached the goal yet. Paul says he's not already perfect yet. So, I mean,
1: I mean, so I'm in good company, right? Um, and the truth is the only one who had was Jesus. You know, he's the only one who was perfect. The only one who had attained the goal. Um, so, but unfortunately we see it so often people tend to, use scripture as a a bat to beat other people over the head when they make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes but again i want to emphasize paul wasn't perfect and he he points out i haven't already reached the goal but then we jump down and he says um
0: but there's that but so yeah we can't just stop there we can't just say well paul's not perfect so i'm not perfect And so I'm never gonna be perfect. So So
1: there's an excuse for it. There's an excuse.
0: No, because it immediately says, but. (laughs)
1: Yeah, he says, brother and sister, I do not consider verse 13. I consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I reach forward to what is ahead. So he's not perfect. He hasn't obtained it. He's not everything's not a okay and perfect with him. He hasn't reached the goal. But
0: right think mine says, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also
1: Oh, you told- you're reading verse twelve.
0: I was reading verse thirteen. Oh, so I was still, <laughs> he's still verse twelve. it says in verse twelve, right? Um not that I have already reached the goal or I'm already perfect, so he's not perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. So just because he's not perfect, just because we're not perfect, right. doesn't mean that we don't make effort.
1: And this is, I think it's significant because he, he emphasizes that twice, right? So he says it in verse 12, I haven't obtained the goal. I'm not perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it. And then in verse 13, he says, I haven't uh, taken hold of it. So he says, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do for all that's behind, I reach forward towards the goal, what's ahead. And so it's, it's like he repeats that same statement in verse twelve and verse thirteen. He repeats it twice. He's trying to make a very important point that you just because you haven't actually attained it, just because you haven't actually made it to perfection. If there's this sin battle you're still struggling, this cycle you're dealing with, this you know um, temptation you're battling, whatever it is. And and you feel like, okay, or maybe it's it's not even like sin in that sense, like you're doing something. Maybe it's sin like I'm not connecting to God the way I should be. I'm not praying as much as I should. I'm not reading my word as much. I don't have a love for the word or I don't have, you know, something like that, whatever it is. You don't say, okay, well, that's just the way reality is. That's where I'm at. You say, no, I'm going to say, regardless of what my current circumstances show me, and what I feel and what I'm battling, I forget those things that are behind and I press forward towards the goal. There's, there's something out there that I can achieve if I don't stop.
0: So here's a question. What is the goal? Cause he says the goal and he's talking about laying hold of it and he has not considered himself to take hold of it yet. And it says he pursues as his goal, the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. So what is the goal then?
1: So the heavenly call the the word heavenly there is upward. So I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly the the word there is actually upward in the Greek. It means like a call up, a call higher. So a higher call in Christ. So I would say and and of course there's there's probably a multifaceted view of what that is, but I would say that the upward call is the call to, to rise to, the, to, to God, like reconciliation to God, to walk with God, because it's an upward call. I'm called up from up to God, like in Christ Jesus. I have a call to not live. It's like humans, we live down here. And I say down here, I don't mean just, I mean, in every aspect, like we, we live on earth, obviously, but not just on earth. We, we live below what God established and created us to be below his image, below his, you know, his ambassadors and God has called us upward to way up here. And so he's saying, I haven't reached perfection. I'm not where God wants me yet, but I continue to strive and put forth effort to get there. Now, let's talk about that for a second. What do you think about striving? Because we we talk about it's not by works, we talk about that there's rest in God, that his burden is light. So, But then we talk about striving for the and goal. It's effort. It's effort. kind
0: of interesting because it says in verse 12, because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. So Christ Jesus has a hold on him. He's been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. So he's in the hands of Christ. He belongs to Christ. But it says right before that, he, Paul, is making every effort to take hold of it. So Christ has got a hold of us. Christ possesses us I guess is the mm-hmm. word you could use but then Paul says, but I make every effort to take hold of it so what is he well if taking hold of
1: the inverse is you know if he's it's making a
0: prize promise
1: it's Jesus like right because the, the inverse if he's making a connection to Jesus taking a hold of him then wouldn't the goal be the inverse of that? Why would he point that out if the goal wasn't our goal is to take a hold of Jesus, like yeah. to to walk with God, to have a that fellowship, perfect fellowship and communion with God?
0: So there's always more. I think that's the thing. Like when you talk about striving or effort, like I can't do anything to get into right. the kingdom of God. I can't do anything to... Like have Jesus accept me, I'm accepted all I do is ask and I receive, but once I get Jesus like Paul belongs to Jesus, Paul says Jesus has taken hold of him, but that doesn't mean he has all there is that Jesus has to offer like salvation yeah. is the door everyone a lot of people think not everyone, but a lot of people think you know you're saved, you're in i've said I've said the prayer i've I've Accepted Jesus. I want Jesus. And we've opened that door of salvation and we've walked through the door, but now it's a narrow, a narrow way. Now it's a pathway. Yeah. So salvation is that door. The door is open. The The bridge is open to go into eternal life, into eternity with Jesus. But now it's a narrow way. And maybe that's kind of like what he's talking about. Like there's still a journey, there's still a narrow way to press forward to the goal. Now I've got to walk. I think so. Kind of like Pilgrim's Progress. (laughs)
1: That's a great book.
0: Now I have. Now he's got to go ahead and 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 walk towards Jesus. Yeah, towards the narrow way. So as us today, we have. If you're saved, you have Jesus in your heart. You have Jesus. You've walked through the door of salvation, but now there's a narrow road. There's a narrow way. And when it talks about striving, it's not that I'm striving to get salvation it's not that i'm striving to be accepted by jesus his blood is enough and i am saved but you're striving to walk the narrow road the narrow way you're to there's always more of jesus
1: that and i think that's the key because he starts out if you remember in chapter three and if you didn't see our or see or hear our previous episode um i highly encourage you to listen to it because we talk about chapter three and we talk about works, right? Because he talks about circumcision and, and doing these things. And, and he's saying, look, you can't work your way to God. You can't do all these things and follow the letter of the law and, and obtain God. Right? So he talks about that at the beginning of chapter three. And then in chapter or the rest of this chapter that he's starting in verse 12, now he's talking about working, but it's from a different mindset. It's not, I'm working to obtain God in the sense that I'm trying to get God to to move in my life like I'm trying to get God to accept me I'm trying to get you're already accepted now I work to know God it's the way I look at it is think about the our, our marriage and I almost every episode I end up relating this back to marriage and maybe we're, we're married we're, it's a couple podcast
0: married couple podcast
1: <laughs> so so it makes sense that we would talk about marriage right but if you think about it like think about a marriage, God, it's kind of like that, right? I'm not, as a, as a married couple, I'm not trying to earn our relationship, right? We're already married. We're married. We have a great relationship. We, we love each other, but I still have to put forth effort to develop more intimacy with you, right?
0: It's not like we stood at the altar. It's not like we stood at the altar and said, okay, now I pronounce you husband and wife. We're married. We got it. We did it. We're done. Yay. We're married. Right. No, <laughs> now it's a journey Correct. that we take together.
1: And that's kind it of what it is. Yeah. Your
0: marriage doesn't stop on the day that you say I do. Your marriage starts on the day you say I do. So kind of like with Jesus, your journey with God start, it doesn't end on the day that you accept Jesus. And it Start.
1: Start. So this is the beginning. It's in, you know, and it's funny because, you know, and I don't know if everybody's church tradition is the same, but I know when I grew up, the altar call at the end of service, we called it the invitation, and um, it was it's, oh, it was time for the invitation. it we in went, uh went, had in our bulletin the order of service, and at the very end, the invitation was in the bulletin. And, and that's what it is. It's an invitation. When when you come forward to get saved, that it's an invitation to start a journey. Like you said, that's a perfect word. Christianity, walking with Jesus, it's a journey. It's not, um, oh, I got saved and now uh, let's just get like, to heaven. It's
0: not like you're done. Yeah. Right? I said the prayer. That's the entry. Check done. Right.
1: Um, and, and uh, you know, Paul, I think it's Paul that writes talking about the foundation of you know, repentance from, from dead works, you know, all these things, he calls them foundations. Um, and that's really what it is. a foundation, but you're building upon that. And so we, we build on that foundation. And so I think Paul, when he talks about pressing forward towards the goal and, and that effort, he's talking about, okay, I've started, I'm on this journey to grow with God. It's been gifted to me through mercy. It's a, it's a gift from God that I couldn't earn. He has given me access to him but now I I put forth effort to grow go as far with God as I can this side of eternity right like and I think that's the, that's what he's talking about here is I want to obtain closeness with Jesus that's deeper and you can do that every day because there's no boundaries to God right God, There's always more there's always more and that's the I think that's the thing if you can put boundaries on God let's say like I can put boundaries that this is it's the Bible right? But I, I could also say it's a book. And it has. when I say a book, by definition, books have boundaries. They have pages and they have covers there's and the they have... Over here. It's right. Yeah. There's a boundary to it. With God, he doesn't have any boundaries. God is spirit. He, he has no boundaries. He can't... There, yeah, there's he no... And, and this, is, this is difficult. You can't define God because any definition you give to God, there's, it's not going to be complete right? So, because there's no boundaries to them. So, an example I give of this a lot, scripture says God is love. Okay, great, but that's not a definition of God because love is not God, right? That God is love, but love is not God. And so, uh, love is just an attribute. If I say God is omnipotent and personal or, you know, all-powerful and all-knowing and omnipresent and all these things, these are just attributes describing him. But one attribute in and of itself, even a string of attributes together, do not exhaust who he is. So we can spend eternity exploring and getting to know God more and more and more and more. And that's what Paul's striving for. And that's what we should live our lives striving for.
0: Yeah, because that, that takes effort to search and to seek. I mean, the Bible tells us to seek. The Bible tells us to search. Well, those take effort. Yeah. I mean, how do you, it says knock. Knock. And the door will be open and it gives examples of continued knocking. It gives the example of the widow and the judge and she keeps asking. I mean, that's effort.
1: That is effort. And I think that's, there's a bunch of passages like that where Paul and not Paul, but uh, Jesus gives examples like that. All the writers of of the Bible. I think Paul makes an interesting point here though. He goes on and he's talking about this journey we're on. Right. So kind of keep that we're all striving, pressing forward towards this goal. Then he says something interesting he says, uh, therefore, let us let all of us who are mature think this way, and if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you in any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained so so he's saying, look, we're on a journey, we are growing with God, and you are responsible to live according to the revelation that God has given you on your personal walk with him now." This can be abused in a couple of ways. And we got to be careful with this. But what I think he's saying is that look, you're on the journey. We're we're not perfect. We're pressing forward towards Jesus. And that's the that's the one way you mark growth. If if I'm pressing forward to Jesus, like, yeah, I may have this thing, and somebody else may look at me and think that's wrong or whatever. And okay, as I press forward towards Jesus, Jesus reveals these things to me and I get things out of my life, right? So pressing forward to Jesus is the key. But with that being said, you live out the, to, you are responsible for what God has revealed to you. And I'm not responsible to live according to what God has revealed to you. I'm responsible to live what God's revealed to me. Now, I'm going to give some caveats to that and some warnings on that, but I want to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Well, just that word like, uh, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Well, first of all, truth raises the standard. Like when you have a revelation of the truth, when you know the truth, then the standard is raised. Now there's no excuse. Now I have to live up to this truth. Like now that I know this truth, I have to live up to this truth. And it's saying once you are raised up to that standard, stay at that standard. So now I know this standard. Now I'm held accountable to stay at that standard and not fall below it.
1: Yeah, I, think I can't that's... claim
0: ignorance anymore. I can't, you know, do the things that I did maybe when I was a baby Christian or other newly saved people, people that don't have that relationship, people that don't have that revelation, people that don't have that truth, they are not going to be held to that standard or they're not going to be held accountable for that. Right. But we must live up to the standard of truth that we've already attained. Now we don't want to fall below it.
1: And exactly. And and some people I've heard people use this verse and make it an excuse or a license for sin. Right. I see, so I
0: don't see how it yeah, seems I, so bad. It does, it seems is like it's the opposite of what it's it, saying. It is.
1: But I've heard people abuse this and say, like when when someone points out something that's sin or has a conversation and, you know, we're addressing the sin. Well, God hasn't revealed that to me. I haven't, I haven't been convicted of that yet. Well, first of all, whether you feel convicted over well, something that's or not, just
0: showing you're not mature, I guess, because yeah, it says all it talks of us who are mature.
1: Um, but the the key is that regardless of what you feel convicted of, first of all, there are certain things in Scripture. I don't care whether you feel convicted well, of it or not. Is scripture not says what well, Scripture feeling, says. Feeling like, right. But I think the other key to this is is there's a heart issue here. First of all, Paul is talking about this in context to someone who is not looking for an excuse to sin, but looking to pursue the goal that's ahead, right? Jesus. Yeah. And so if you have a heart of pursuing Jesus and there's something that maybe you shouldn't be doing, but you're not like God hasn't highlighted that thing to you and you don't know yet Okay, you're covered. Like, you're like, right? You're you're living to the truth you've obtained, but if you're if it's been pointed out to you from Scripture that this is a sin, and then you're just making excuses by saying, "Well, I haven't been convicted of that yet," well, then you're not pressing forward toward Jesus, right? You're completely abandoning the concept of what Paul's talking about. This living out the truth that you've been, that's been revealed to you thus far, that is for someone the context of that is for someone who's pressing forward toward the goal of Jesus um if you if you're not pressing forward to the goal of Jesus then you're not living out to the truth you've obtained you're just making excuses because you want to sin yeah. and so you can't use this verse to to be a license to sin but there's also grace for someone who is struggling with something and either they they don't view it as wrong because they, it hasn't been revealed to them or there's grace for someone who has maybe this they're, they're pursuing Jesus, but they're struggling with something, but they want to fix it. They want to make it right. But there's battling it. Like, for example, um, I'll say there, there's and maybe someone's listening to this who, who has battled this. Um, I actually just listened to another podcast today um, by some people I know who a married couple and they were talking about uh, pornography and they were talking about how, like, telling their story of battling pornography and stuff. And it was interesting because, and, and the thing is, there are people who struggle with addiction to pornography or addiction to other things, and those things, they they hate it and they want to get rid of it and they're striving, pushing towards Jesus. And and they they may struggle here or there and do things, but they're they're seeking Jesus and they want to be rid of that and they're taking steps for that. That there's grace for that, right? that's living to the truth you've obtained. So living to the standard, when she talked about the standard, that doesn't mean you live to it perfectly. It means you're striving, like I, I know this truth and I'm striving to the standard, right? God's revealed this truth to me and now I'm striving to make my life match that. It doesn't mean that I do it perfectly. It just means that my goal and what I'm pursuing is that standard. And so I, I want to show there, there's, Two sides of this coin. There's grace for those who are seeking Jesus and struggling. And, but there's, but God also says, he's not going to be mocked. You're not going to use this as an excuse to sin and turn around and say, well, look, I'm just, I haven't been convicted of that yet. That's not, no, that's. I
0: feel like that with truth comes grace. He's a God of grace and truth so that if he reveals truth to you and you receive revelation and you know the truth, I believe that with that truth, if you have a willing heart, you're going to have grace that comes alongside that. Right. I feel like God doesn't just give you truth or give you a command without grace. There's grace in the command. There's strength in wanting to follow the truth. God gives you grace. God gives you strength. Yeah. And grace is not a license to sin. Grace is empowerment. Grace is strength to right. live up to the standard.
1: Right. And that's. You know, he says, My grace is sufficient for you, right? Like, like he empowers
0: there is us. That's the power, amazing yeah. thing about you know, you don't have to feel guilt, shame, and condemnation. You can say, Okay, this is the truth, but he doesn't leave me by myself to figure it out. He comes alongside me and he fills me and gives me power and strength and grace to obey this truth, to be set free. He sets us free.
1: Yeah, and I think and I love this last verse that of what we just read. Um, verse 17. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. And I think this is the this is a very important key that I think is very helpful. If you if God's revealed this level of the standard, the truth to you. One way, one aspect of that grace that empowers you to do it is godly examples who've done it before. And, you know, Paul says, look, I'm doing this, so you imitate me. Like, do what I'm doing. Follow me as I follow Christ, he says in another place. And I think this is so important because I think there's a lot of people who struggle, but they struggle silently. Yeah, um, They don't want to talk about their sin struggles or things they battle or things they're wrong or with. Shamed or they yeah. think
0: everybody else has it together.
1: <laughs> and everybody doesn't, by the way, just let's just, Put it out there, um but I think it's important to be able to be vocal and open with somebody who's a godly person that they can then pour into you what they're doing. They can say, "Look, I've struggled too. Here are ways I'm overcoming my struggles. Here are ways I'm yeah. pursuing the goal of that when standard."
0: is your faith. I feel like when you hear it, that there's power in the testimony. Yeah, when you hear someone else's testimony and realize, well, they're just human like I am, and they overcame pornography or they overcame addiction. If they can do it, I in Christ, I can do it too. There's power in the testimony. Faith is built up through the yeah. testimony.
1: Yeah. And, and this may be, and you probably everybody has, every Christian has this twofold reality. You have your own struggles and you need people who you can, who've been through what you're going through, or people you can lean on, people who can. Share their heart with you and share how they overcame those struggles so you can imitate them. But you also have probably overcome things that other people still struggle with. And you need to be able to look at others and say, imitate me as I imitate Christ, right? Like we should all have these, both of these relationships in our life people that we look to, respect, and lean on, and people who look to us and respect us and lean on us. We should be pouring out and being poured into both and. And that creates this healthy balance in the journey of walking with God. You need that, you know?
0: Yeah. And I just was reminded of um, the verse, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith is built by hearing truth. Yeah. And bringing that back to verse 16, the truth that we have obtained, the truth of the word of God the faith comes with that truth, and faith produces the works of righteousness. And
1: yeah, and I think that's that, that's that's great. You need to, that hearing other people who've overcome it, hearing testimony, you know, hearing wisdom on how how they overcame it, things like that. That creates your faith that hey, this can be done. I can actually overcome this if God's revealed to this to me, and I'm supposed to be up here at the standard. And I'm striving to this point. I have faith that it can be done because I've seen it done. I'm imitating those who've done it. And then here's the key. Here's something everybody needs to be aware of. When you obtain that level, he turns up the power of the microscope on your life. And uh-huh. says, hey, now you gotta go here, <laughs> right? There's always a part of this journey of, of becoming more like Christ. It, it's a journey that is lifelong and it's a journey that is wonderful, but I think the the key and, and one important point is that there's joy and glory in the journey. Like It's not the destination, it's the journey to get there. It's, it's walking glory. with God in it.
0: There's glory in the pursuit,
1: yeah. Yeah, there's glory in the pursuit. Like, what I'm pursuing, to, the level with God that I'm pursuing, it's not only joyful when I obtain that level, it's joyful as God walks with me, bringing me to that level. And so enjoy the journey. It's okay if you struggle. It's okay if you have problems. It's okay if you're not perfect. Paul wasn't perfect. We just saw, right? The key is don't stop pursuing. Don't stop pressing towards the goal. Don't stop forgetting those mistakes, forgetting those things that are behind, and pressing forward towards the goal. I think that's a good place to end it for today. We didn't make it through chapter three. We'll, we'll hit the rest of chapter three and maybe into chapter four, the next episode. You don't want to miss this. If you're listening to us on Spotify or on Google podcasts, we do have this on a YouTube channel called at the word room. So you can t- it's the word room, but you can go on youtube.com slash at the word word room, not word not worm word room
0: word
1: at room. the word room with the little at symbol. And uh, you can find this, uh, we have this podcast on there as well as I have a bunch of other videos on different topics. Um, So check it out and uh, subscribe and we will see you guys next time.